Hey, welcome to episode 161 of the Dealer Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Cirillo, and today I am pleased to bring you inside my conversation with Rising Grind founder, mover, and shaker, Mr. Glenn Lundy. Glenn is the former general manager at a very successful dealership in Kentucky in the United States and recently has taken the Rise and Grind cause to new heights by making it his main focus. Now, before we dive into this episode, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to get notified when new episodes just like this go live. That way you're not missing out on the power bombs and the nuggets, not the chicken nuggets, the, the gold nuggets. Now, if you're getting value, head on over to the DPB Facebook page where you can get even more inspiration, tips, and context to these weekly episodes. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Glenn Lundy. Here we go. You're, you're on the road, you're, you're doing your thing. And uh, man, I've been following you and, and just feel super inspired by your stuff. So it's, I'm, I'm just couldn't be more delighted to have you on the, on the podcast. Man, I'm happy to be here and, you know, honored to uh, be able to jump on to the number one podcast in automotive, bro. Dealer Playbook. This is where it is. Is it the number one? I, I think so. It's the only oh, one man. I know and care about, you know. I'm I mean, looking at you, man. I'm doing with Dave Benson, but that one doesn't count. This one's this one's the real deal. Oh, man, it all counts. It all counts. And you know what? And it's super cool. Uh this is, I think, year five now. And actually, little known, little known fact in 2000 and the latter part of 2011, <clears throat> I started a podcast called the Dealer Success Network and it had a did, 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 you're listening. It was all that kind of jazz and it had the production and all that. And I only made it about, I was the statistic, right? I only made it about 12 or 13 episodes and I was like, oh man, I got a business to run too. Like that's, oh, that's how this works. Right. And uh, so I gave up on it, but it was funny because I remember when I uploaded the first iteration of what is now the DPB, there were only like, I don't know, there was like maybe less than 10,000 podcasts out there. And uh, so it's cool to see a how big this medium has become. And and also to that, you know, talking about number one, this and that, I don't I, I don't really pay attention to it other than. It's super awesome to see others who have this this outlook, you know, your outlook, the mission of the DPB to enrich and empower to to hopefully contribute a small portion to the individuals in an industry that we love to the to the individuals that we love. Um, and so for me, it's funny in in past iterations of <clears throat> this industry, I think everything was always super competitive. And I think you'd agree. This is sure. a very competitive industry, Absolutely. but man, I tell you what, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I see what you're doing. I see what Sean's doing. I see what, what uh, Dave's doing. And the, you know, the, just the other ones that are out there, man. And it's so exciting because there, I don't think there can be enough change agents in this industry, enough people shouting from the rooftops, positive messages, that are that are powered by wanting to help one another and I and I and I just get such a strong sense of that from you so I really appreciate the stuff you're putting out thank you man and I agree with you 
you know, a hundred percent. And what's really cool, what's, you know, let me, I'm actually going to tell you a quick story. I was in San Francisco and at the beginning of this year, I decided that I don't know what I was thinking. I was reading David Goggins can't hurt me. <laughs> and I decided that I was, I was going to drink nothing but water for a year. Right. Wow. Yep. Which I never drank water before ever, ever, ever. And so I was like, well, that'll be really hard for me. It's something I don't want to do. So it'll, it'll callous my brain as David Goggins says. And so I decided to drink nothing but water for a year. So now here I am in San Francisco and <laughs> everybody's, you know, partying it up and hanging out at the bars and all this stuff or in a DA. And at one point, I was walking down the street all by myself. I'm in San Francisco. Let's set the scene. It's, it's evening, San Francisco. I'm all by myself. And there's a bar right next to the hotel. Mm -hmm. And I'm a social butterfly, right? I like people. So I go into this little bar, even though I know that's not a smart thing to do for a guy who's only drinking water. Right. I, I go, I go into this bar and as the lady's walking up to see if I need something, I think to myself, I think, okay, nobody here knows me, man. Nobody knows me. No one would know. I could have one beer right here, right now. <laughs> like I could have one, just one beer, man. Like I've done so right. good, you know, 40 mm -hmm. days of the straight water. I can have one beer. And so she walks up and she's like, what can I get for you, sir? And I said, can you, can I just get a water please? Right. And so I order a water. And as soon as she hands me the water, I immediately turn around and there's a gentleman there for the conference. And he goes, Hey, Glenn Lundy, rise and grind, rise and grind. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, man, I'm glad I did the right thing. And so I end up sitting down with him and here's what he told me. And this was the, the whole, the whole point of the story. Here's what he told me. He works for, um, he works for one of the, I don't like throwing names out there and stuff, especially people's podcasts, but he works for a, a big uh, part of the auto industry, helping generate uh, leads for dealers. Okay. And, right. and he told me that he travels all over the United States in all of these dealerships. And he has seen a noticeable shift in dealership showrooms across the country because of what you're doing what Sean's doing, the things that I'm doing and that other people in the industry are doing. He has physically, they're more open to hear what he's got going on. They're more uh, adaptive. They're not, they're, they're not so reactive anymore. They're starting to get more strategic on, on ways that they can brand themselves and ways that they can generate leads. But, but he's literally feeling it. Like the energy on the showroom floors is changing across the nation because of these things that, that, that we're doing this, the sharing, the collaborating, you know, so on and so forth. And so that was very rewarding for me and should be for you as well to know that an agent that literally goes out and sits in hundreds of showrooms nationwide every year is feeling the impact of these, these um, different tools that we're utilizing to spread the good news, man. How, how does Glenn Lundy, let's, let's just dive right in. How does Glenn Lundy deal with that? Cause I mean, I think at times, uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe I, again, I am the only one, but I think a lot of times people overthink stuff. Maybe they are self-deprecating, even though they t typically aren't, but in those moments when, when you're like, oh man, you know, 
I'm learning a lesson from this, but I don't like how it feels learning this lesson. How do you bring us in inside the life of Glenn? How do you deal with that kind of stuff? Because I think it holds a lot of people back. I have. So we all know the story of, uh, you know, um, Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket, right? So you've Mm -hmm. got Jiminy Cricket kind of on your shoulder advising you and, and, and talking too much. And sometimes you want to flick him off your shoulder and tell him to shut up, but you know, he's right. (laughs) So I have like 40 of those. I have, I, I have, I have Danelle Delgado's and Lisa Copeland's and Brian Binstock's and my right. wife and, and, you know, and I make sure to gather my troops every single day. That's, that's, that's why the morning routine, you know, I, I talk on my show, um, hashtag rise and grind. I talk on there often. It, it, it came from a philosophy of attacking the morning and making sure that we, prepare ourselves for the day because the day we can't control the things that are going to happen. We can't control, you know, things are curveballs are going to come in. We're going to get shots in from left field, right field, every which way, but we can control that first, maybe hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. in the morning. And so that's when I gather my soldiers, man, Danelle Delgado. I hear her in my, in my ear every single day. I hear her in my, in my ear telling me that I am the asset. That's something mm. that she breathed into me at Hustle and Grind Con back in October. She said, Glenn, because I was shocked because Eric Thomas, the number one motivational speaker in the world, wanted my phone number. And I'm like, how does this make any sense? This doesn't yeah. make sense. I just met this guy. Why does he want to connect with me? And I'm talking to Danelle about it. And she leaned into my ear and she said, Glenn, you're the asset. Right. And so I, I, I hear that every day. So as a, when I start to beat myself up, I hear my... Um, you know, uh, um, I hear just all these different guys. I hear, you know, it's not about the knockdown. It's the, it's, it's the get up, right? Mm-hmm. I, got, I got guys in my ear. Uh, um, there's a gazelle every morning. There's a gazelle and a, and a lion. They both going to run, right? Like you, you, you know, all these different motivational stuff that I listen to all these different voices, you know, everybody wants right. to be a beast till it comes time to do what beasts do, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. Those are my, those are my Jiminy crickets that are just, yeah constantly on my shoulders. And that's how I continue, you know, to, to, to push through and remind myself. And then of course I've got, you know, my rock in, in my faith, knowing that, you know, knowing that I was created by a creator and therefore I have worth and I have value and I have a responsibility on this planet to make an impact. That's, that's my responsibility. I'm not just here as a, as a rock or a stick or a, uh, a piece of mud. I'm a, I'm a human right. being that has responsibility to, to, to help others. And so that's what pushes me through my man. So, so a couple of things I love about this, right? First of all, and I think especially this day and age, right? And I, I've said this on past episodes, this day and age when social and what people are posting is so up front and center in a lot of people's lives, we get to see the, the best parts of people's fake lives or the best parts of their best lives and the best yeah, moments man. of their lives. And, and we look at that and we're like, oh man, like see there, yeah. Oh man, Gary V. He never has a down moment, or Eric Thomas never has a down moment. Glenn Lundy. These guys are invincible. And what you're saying is like, no. And I think it's a valuable message, right? Myself included. Like, no, we have those moments. However, we have checks and balances. We have our Jiminy Crickets, and we have that that. You know, I was even saying to one of the members of my team, I'm like, bro, you know, especially coming into 2019, like whether you believe in the whole new year resolution thing or this and that, and people have their varying opinions, I kind of believe in it in the sense of like, okay, time to take inventory on the year as a whole. 
and, and just go, what did I like? What did I dislike? What did I, what do I want to change? All these sorts of things. Right. Um, but you have those checks and balances and I think it's valuable for everyone to understand everybody's, uh, everybody's going to get down at times. You said the knockdowns just, uh, it's not about the knockdown. It's about the get up. I love like Dr. Willie Jolly, who says a setback is a setup for a comeback. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important because people are getting down. Oh man, I'm a, I'm an eight car person. I, I man, I don't know what I got to do, or I'm a, I'm never going to be more than a 12. And it's like, well, hold on a second. What you just said, I really love Glenn. I've got a creator who created me. Uh, Fact. Therefore, I believe in God. I believe that I am a child of God as, as he is the creator. Right. Um, therefore, you cannot say I am worthless or man, it's not going to happen or it's the worst or I'm not going to get better. When if you believe in God and that he is your creator, there is a piece of deity in you. And it's in the DNA, buddy. It's in, it's in the DNA. DNA. That's right. Success. Failure is not an option, you That's know, right. right. And and so. You know, I love that, man. And I really appreciate that. And I think that's the message that really needs to get out to a lot of people, especially, you know, this day and age, everybody's dealing with uh, some sort of a mental challenge or mental illness or anxiety or depression or whatever it might be to first know how important you are, to first know how loved you are and and to know that your potential is really out of this world, because like you just said, there, there is deity in your DNA. Yeah, mate, dude. I'm, we're all, we're all, we're all human. We're all human, man. And then this is why I push all those things that you, all those things that you just mentioned. You know, the uh, the mental stuff and the uh, the self. Um, people beating themselves up, saying they're an eight car guy or self limiting, self limiting behavior. Right. You know, all right. of that stuff. I, I, I really feel like it could be eradicated if people would just focus on the dang morning. Like it's really that simple. So Friday, uh, no Thursday, Thursday, my wife went to swipe the bank card and it didn't, it, it wouldn't run. Our bank card wouldn't run. And she calls me and she, you know, she used a different card, so on and so forth. And we look, and for the first time in like seven years, my checking account went negative on Thursday. Mm. And I'm like, oh. now don't get me wrong. It wasn't because we didn't have any money. It, it's because we just, we weren't. Got to do like, the transfers. Yeah. We got to do the transfers and, and things like that. And now I roll. <laughs> I now, how it now, goes, I, man. now I own my own business. And so the money's not just getting automatically deposited like it was when I was. That's right. Covered. It's going into your business account. Yeah. But in, <laughs> so in that moment, like that, that next for some reason that just ate at me. I was like, Glenn, you were making very consistent, very high dollars in a very comfortable position at a very right. powerful dealership. And you mm -hmm. left and now your wife's standing in line and her card is being rejected. Like, right. I started really beating myself up, man. Like, did I, should I, was this the right thing? Like, I know God, you know, like all those questions just running through my head, like, oh man, maybe I'm not putting it in enough. Maybe I need to go a different route. Like, yeah. And, and really it was just as simple as I just got to get better at transferring money. That's really all yep. it is. But yep. my head made it so much more and started just taking me off on some journey. And so Friday morning I wake up, I still feel sluggish. I'm still beating myself up a little bit for embarrassing my wife. 
you know, which, you know, she wasn't really embarrassed, but in my head, she, you know, I yeah. embarrassed my wife, she's standing there with all these babies and her car didn't run. And so I'm right. standing myself up and boom, I open my book and I start writing down everything that I'm thankful for. And I'm like, okay, boom, you know, I'm thankful for this house and I've got heat and it's cold outside. I'm thankful for the opportunities in the car business. I'm thankful that I'm going to Lufkin, Texas next week and I get to work with a dealership out there. I'm thankful for Rise and Grind. I'm thankful for the podcast, the technology. And as I start getting this momentum, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, dude. All right. In reality, you just didn't transfer some money. That's it. Like, why are you being up so much? Look at all these things that you that you have accomplished. Look at all these things that you have done. Look at all these things you have to be thankful for. And then from boom, I just transition right into my goals. And next thing I know, you know, I'm, 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 I'm back on track. I'm ready to, I'm ready to take on the world. And so I feel like if I could just get this message out to the world, like, dude, how you're waking up, how you are starting your day is literally, it's the key to getting rid of all of those demons, all of those self-defeating constraints and limitations the key is just attack the morning start off the day right remember how far you've come and what you've accomplished because you've accomplished amazing things you've done things in your life that no one else has ever done mm-hmm. Mike, you've done things in your life that no one else has ever done bro you were the only one that could do it you were the only one and you did it and you've done it and look how far you've come you know like if people if people would start their day in that mindset, I think we could eradicate a lot of things like disease and depression and homelessness and you know um, the, the the auto industry, the the general perception across the board of the auto industry is that you know it's negative and they're sleaze balls and and all of this stuff. Well, a lot of that is because most of these guys are rolling out of bed at the last second. They don't spend any time with their kids or their wives because they're working seventy hours a week. You know, they're, right. they're they're standing outside and they're they're smoking their cigarettes. They're talking about the news and they're playing Fortnite till twelve o'clock at night. They're not adding any value to to their community. They're they're selfish in their in their ways, and it's all because the the way they start their day. That's it. Because they're just yeah. fulfilling that. You know, they're just jumping right into social media and email and news and violence and all of this stuff, and they just don't understand their worth. If you are listening to this podcast right now, I need you to understand something. You are worth far more than you are giving yourself credit for. And it's time for you to do something about it. Mm. There's my pedal stool. I'll hop down now. No, man. (laughs) You know what? I I love it because that's that. that, Again, man, I feel like we're linking our arms here, uh, figuratively linking our arms and holding a line that I think is so valuable. The, the, this day and age, like you said, with the anxiety and the depression and all these sorts of things, you know, that's something that hits home for me because what a lot of people don't know. I mean, when I was 19, I went and did missionary work for my church in the Philippines. I was there for two years. I came home, fell into the deepest, darkest depression for better part of a decade, like suicidal depression. A lot of to this day, I kind of still wonder, you know, what what brought me to that point? Like, how did I get there to your point, though? And the power I can I can attest to the power of the morning routine because and I ain't ashamed to say, man, my my psychiatrist um, said, well, like, what is your routine? Like, what do you do? How does your day start? And I'm like, well, my day starts with hitting the snooze and or I probably didn't even set it anyways and just rolling out like everything you just described, just kind of that lazy, like out of bed, whatever. This is stupid. Well, you know, whatever. Um, 
it wasn't until I um, uh, arrived at this fork in the road and the fork in the road, we all know how it goes. It's like, go, go left and you're, you're hanging from the chandelier, go right. right. And maybe, maybe, man, is this life? Life can't be seriously that life can't be like this. Is this for real? Like you, you second guess it. You go, is this really how this turns out? Is this what being an adult is like? Right. Where you just like fighting demons left, right, and center all the time. You never. There's no overcoming anything. Um, I'm I'm grateful that a I chose to take the the right path, fork in the road, not right or wrong, but just I went right and right for me in my physiology. I don't know how that works. Like some people, when they think of the future, they point straight ahead, some point to the right or the left or whatever. I, I chose my path, which was no, this can't be life. Life's gotta be better than this. What am I missing? And, and it was line upon line, introducing gratitude back into the mix. And to your point, not just, not just stating what I'm grateful for, because I think anybody can offer superficial gratitudes like, Oh yeah, cool. Cool. Glenn, I'm grateful for this podcast. Thanks. But, but then to go a step further, like I think, you know, what happens in your planner and, and what I do in my daily planner is, is stating the reasons why the purpose behind the, the gratitude. Like I am like, Glenn, I'm so grateful for this podcast because it's inspiring me. You're elevating me and I feel it. And, and it's motivating, you know, so right. to go that layer deeper. Yeah, sure. Well, for me, it was it was just that. And I remember it was nothing like revelatory, but it was kind of like y- you made me think of it. Uh, and I got little goosebumpies all over the arms here when you were like, man, you know, I got I'm grateful for this warm house. I got heat. You know, it's freezing outside. And that was one of those flips in my brain where I was like, I am so grateful for this warm bed because I know millions upon millions of people don't have That's right. this luxury. That's right. And I tell you what, like I wasn't crying, but the the, the tears welled up in my eyes and I, the hair, I had hair then, by the way, <laughs> it stood up on the back <laughs> of my neck. And, um, and I remember that day, like something flipped where I was just like, holy crap. And I was looking at life through a new, new lenses and just feeling so in, immensely grateful greener, the sky is bluer everything, everything yeah changes for sure yeah yeah and, and then from there slowly but surely i'm not going to suggest it happen overnight but slowly but surely day by day things got better my situation improved my outlook improved um and and so the the power of the morning routine i can attest to because it works getting your think straight first thing right, right. out of the gates i think is such a powerful practice so I love that that's the message that you are are spreading out there because it's so so deeply needed this this day and age. Thanks, man. And I want to uh, point out something as well. So many people think, you know, I, I I see it all the time. Rise and grind. Like you got people fighting. Like, oh, you need your sleep. Well, why is it always got to yeah. be about the rise and grind? Why don't you take a break? Why don't you relax? Right. And I'm and, right. and, 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 and it's not about what time you wake up. I don't care what time you wake up. As long as you give yourself enough time to spend time with yourself before you go out yeah. to the rest of the world. If, if you can get up at noon and you don't have to, to, to do anything with the rest of the world till one thirty, then get up yeah. at noon. Like I'm not saying you have to, you know, uh, go to bed at 1 a.m. and get up at 3 a.m. and kill yourself, you know, to, to in order to be successful. I'm just saying you have to spend time on self. In, in yeah. order to succeed for a long period of time, and this isn't just my opinion, pick up any any successful person's book and they'll tell you, man, it's it's success leaves clues 
and not just clues, but like blatant facts. You must spend a little time on self every single day in order to have Tom Brady type careers, in order to have Kobe Bryant type careers, in order to have, uh, you know, Bill Gates type careers, or in order to have, you know, just any of those things. Donald, Donald, I, I, I probably shouldn't say his name on a podcast. So we won't say his name. But in order for you to have any high level success long term, you have to have a good way to start your day. So maybe we change the word from morning routine to how do you start your day? Then maybe people yeah. will listen to me because sometimes people are just like, well, I'm not a morning person. OK, well, you right. don't have to be a morning person. But when are you going to spend time on yourself? Because that is right. the, you are the most important person to your success. Yeah. Do you think I'm interested in your take here? Do you think that seeing the, the Gary V's and the hustle, 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 and the, the, the Grant Cardone's, the 10X, 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 and now perhaps hustle, grind, grind, whatever. I love that you're adding more context to this, but do you think this day and age when every like human nature, I feel like we're so absolute in our in our ways. Like, <laughs> no like here's an example, right? The, the other morning I woke up. Yeah, I was tired. I was just doing a seminar three and a half hours away. So I did the drive down early, did a full day seminar, drove back. I was like, I was wiped. I woke up the next morning and feeling this thing in the back of my throat. So I opened my mouth, shine the light in there and I see. Not like it didn't look like the strep throat thing, but it looked like a canker sore on the roof of my mouth. And I could just see my body was just sending so much blood to that area because, you know, heal mode. Right. And I'm not kidding you, man. My brain was like, I got throat cancer. Cool. Right. <laughs> and, right. and so where I'm going with this, with the hustle and the this and now everybody and Gary V's got, you know, man, I work 18 hour day and then all this kind of jazz. And don't get me wrong. I am not knocking this, by the way. But do you think. People go so absolute as to consider or even think that Gary V, Glenn Lundy, Michael Cirillo, uh, uh, Sean Hayes, Dave, all these dudes, Eric Tam Thomas, insert successful person here. Do you think they actually believe we'd never rest? No, <laughs> no, man. And I, 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 I guess outside people do believe that. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Outside people do believe that everybody thinks that Jonathan Dawson is a vampire and never sleeps. People, I hear people talk about Brian Benstock, how he never sleeps. Eric Thomas gets up at three o'clock every morning, but see, I've had intimate conversations with Eric Thomas. The reason he gets up at three is because he used to get up at six, but, then, yep. but then other people would start, his phone would start blowing up and emails would start coming in. So then he moved it back to five. And when he got, was started to get up at five, he said he got less emails and text messages. But when he, he likes to do a prayer walk with wherever, whatever city he's in, he likes to walk. the mm. So while he was out in the streets at 5 a.m., there was all kinds of other people running and stuff. And people would see him and they and, and they would want to talk to him. So then he moved it back to mm. four. And when he moved it back to four, he was getting closer, but he was still getting. So then three, three o'clock was the time that he was able to get up, walk the streets, have time to himself. Now, what he also did. The other side that people don't want to want to talk about is when he used to go to get up at six, he used to go to bed at 12. Now that he's getting up at mm -hmm. nine, he goes to bed at nine. Like mm -hmm. he's still, he's still sleeping six hours right. a night. He's just adjusted it in a way that he can win, you know? And I think right. a lot of people get so caught up in, you know, like, like you said, Gary Vee, you know, 
he's like, I work 18 hours a day. Well, yes, I, I also work 18 hours a day, but work is the word work can be defined in so many different ways. You don't have to be in a building sitting at a desk with four walls around you that to, you know, to be work. Like I work on relationships with my kids every day. I work on my relationship with my wife every day. I work on social media and my branding all the time. Like I I work from the minute I wake up until the minute I go to bed. I do, I I work, but that doesn't have to be miserable. And it doesn't have to be just working on making money. I don't work on just making money 18 hours a day. You know, that, what what kind of life is that? No way, man. I I work on my son's jump shot. We, We spend an hour working on that. I work on my daughter's golf swing. That's work. You know, I work yeah. on uh, my mind, reading books. That's work. That's studying. In, in school, if you read a book, they called it they called it study. And then when you become an adult, you read a book, they call it leisure. Doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. It's, it, it's That's still a good work, point. Man. It's still. It's I never work, thought of that. You know, so I think people misinterpret it. And they think you got to be out there like hitting the pavement 18 hours a day. And that's not the case. You got to work on the mind, the body, the spirit and work on developing those relationships all along the way. Yeah, I'm 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 with you there. I I think it's it is misinterpreted because so many people hit me up and they're like, "Man, it seems like you're always on. It seems like you never sleep." And truth be told, yeah, like in that context in my earlier years, there were I remember, man, so the period of time when it was like it living on the West Coast at the time, it was like, "Man, if I went to bed before I could say good morning to my colleagues on the East coast, then I wasn't working enough. And I kind of see that, right. It's like, there's a bunch of work zombies out there work specifically in the context of sitting at their keyboard or sitting in their job going, yeah, but see if I, if I'm not putting in at least 16 to 18 on the make money portion, then I'm never going to be successful because somebody said on a podcast somewhere to someone that's right. supposedly an expert that if they're not working for 16 to 18 hours a day, they're good luck. You're going to get eaten and die. Right. Uh, and it's created a bunch of work. Zombies. Words, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to eat and die. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I've always been interested be, because I think you're right. That's a message that needs to needs to come out. I remember when I interviewed Grant, on I don't remember what, I, what, what, what the number of the episode was, but it was cool because I had interviewed him before. But this particular interview, I think, it was the most recent one I've done with him. Uh, it was in his hotel room in Vegas, couple two three NADAs ago, and I got to just kind of see the man behind the camera, the man that's without the the camera persona and just yeah. seeing how he functions. And, and he was like, bro, I get more sleep than anybody guaranteed. He's like, sometimes I even take naps mm-hmm. and, and echoing your point, Glenn, he talked about that work for him is not just the making money portion. It's the spending time with his children and his wife and strengthening and fortifying those relationships. And, uh, working on spirituality and working on serving others and and yeah, there's the working on monetary gains piece as well. But yeah, I think so many people misinterpret what they're seeing out there. And I think really, I mean, I don't know. I, I what, what's your take on this? I almost think that their message, the grants and the and the Gary V's 
their message is really directed to the people you referenced earlier who are kind of the lazily rolling out of bed wondering why think their situation isn't changing and i think they're really targeting those people like hey you got to work that's it man they're just trying to get them to move they're trying to get people to understand that it takes action on your part to achieve results like you can't just lay around you know or or you can't put in average effort or you can't go into each day with no course no plan and and win you must be deliberate your actions must be deliberate man i gotta tell you i am i've gotten really bad i shouldn't say bad but like i don't <laughs> watch tv like anymore yeah like ever yeah. and it's not because i sat down one day and said, I'm, I'm just not gonna watch tv again and it's not that there's not good stuff on tv because there is i mean there's there, you could watch educational stuff you might get a laugh laughter is great medicine like i'm not saying there's nothing good on tv i just don't it's not part of my deliberate schedule anymore because i'm busy doing something all of the time <laughs> does that make right. sense i'm busy doing something yeah. reading working with the kid working with my wife working on my business working on my brand i'm just busy and so yeah that's all they're trying to get people you know when when they say you got to grind 18 hours a day you know grind to me just means deliberate action versus just reactive you know blah gelatinous yeah. gelatinous blob which is a word i actually tried to use on my show this morning so i thought i'd bring it back out during your podcast today yes gelatinous gelatinous i'm gonna have to work on that <laughs> but it's action man it takes action and i think a big chunk i especially see it in the auto industry i see mm -hmm. guys that think because they work seven or because they're at work 70 hours a week that they're actually yeah. working. I'm like, bro, yeah. you are not working 70 hours a week. You're working like three hours a day. The other yeah. time you're blah, 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 or on your phone or you're sitting in a corner or you're going out to lunch or you're, 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 you're doing whatever. And none of it's yeah. intentional. You know, Grant talks about it all the time. Like if you're going to go out to lunch, meet up with a, a potential client. Have lunch with them. Don't have lunch with the other guys that are in the showroom with you. They're not buying nothing from you. Yeah. You know, like be intentional with your time. You can still go eat. You don't have to starve yourself. You can still go eat, but just try to use that time in a productive way. Go have go have lunch with your wife who you haven't seen all week because you've been you've been grinding. <laughs> you've been grinding. Go, go, go meet up with one of your kids at school. Go have lunch with one of your kids yeah. at school. You know, that's productive. That's deliberate. And that's 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 how you get to the higher levels of success that I know everybody wants to achieve. Yeah, I, I love that you said that because it's be, becoming so obsessed about all facets of your life that it creates balance versus only being obsessed with one yeah, facet of life right. and you feel unbalanced everywhere else. That's right. Man. That's right. And, and, and it just came back to me, Mike. Boom. It just hit me. We were thinking <laughs> about my wife and we were, I was telling you that I was going up to Virginia for the CMA thing. Yes. And we were in the car and my wife listened to her first podcast. In the car, we listened to um, what was it? We listened to uh, that 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 weird guy in Alabama with all the tattoos. Um, it was a real popular uh, podcast. But we listened we listened to this podcast, and it was really interesting because my wife was like, "This is kind of like 
back in the old days where people would listen to the radio, right? Where they would listen <laughs> yeah. to the radio stories. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, honey, you're right. Like this, that that's exactly what it is. And, and I, th- I found that really interesting how cyclical we are as human beings, right? Like we went away from all that stuff. And the reason I was, th- you know, you were talking about how there was only so many podcasts when you started and now there's so much more, so much more content, people utilizing the technology and so on and so forth. But what I see from, from, uh, and I, I see things maybe strangely, but what I see is I see that we got so, we got so disconnected right? We got, we got real disconnected as human beings with, with the pagers and then it went to text messages and then the smartphones and then, you know, all that stuff. We got so disconnected. And I see us all coming back. Like everybody's wanting to sit around the, the, the radio again. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and we learn in such a way when we actually use our imagination versus a video, right? Like we have to listen and create in our minds. Like my wife, ultimately, after we listened to five hours of this podcast, she went online and, and like pulled the picture of the guy up and was like, wow, you know, that's not even in the picture that I had in my head. I thought he looked completely different. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what's great about podcasts. That's what's, that's what's powerful about this medium is in, 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 in one, in one, um, in, in, in one hand, it's very simplistic, right? It's just audio into into somebody's ear. But on the other hand, it's so profound because it allows us to create and use our imagination, which is something that has been dormant in this country yeah. for a long period of time. We got away from it. So I'm really, yeah. really excited about how technology is looped back around and more and more people are creating studios and creating content and that whole doggy dog thing, you know, it's, 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 it's going away and it needs to continue to go away because there are no shortage of people that we can add value to. There's no shortage of platforms and ways to reach more people. Uh, It's just, we live in such a great time, man. Anybody that's complaining right now, like, bro, take a look around. I talked about this at yep. Stocks. I was at Brian Binstock's place, Paragon Honda. Um, he had me speaking over there. And I'm like, man, you got, you got uh, millionaire athletes who are complaining, right? Life is hard. It's so hard. <laughs> I just can't, I got, I'm, I can't even stand for the American flag because life is just so difficult. And I'm going, bro, a hundred years ago, your ancestors were getting hung from trees and it was okay. Like it was, it was like, Oh dude. Yeah. You know, Hey, uh, there goes that boy, Ronnie, you know, he shouldn't have been talking back. And he got hung. you yeah. know, like it was okay. Like life was hard. Then life was really hard. Yeah. Then life's not hard now, man. It's a magnificent a magnificent era that we live in today. And and I wish more and more people would get on board and just just see all of the opportunities that, out, that are out there. And that's what I love about, you know, like I said earlier, things are starting to change in the auto industry. Dealers are starting to yeah. see that there's 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 new ways to do things. And it doesn't have to be so cutthroat, doggy dog, lock yourself into four walls for 70 hours a week, have no life with your family and make no money. It doesn't have to be like that anymore. I love everything about shifting mindsets and like you said, seeing opportunities. I'm just so fascinated by this because, and to your point, you you know, you've said a couple of times here, which I love, instead of being reactionary, they're starting to be more proactive and seeking out the change and they're more open to it. And, and I think what we're realizing 
that there's an awakening that's happening. We're realizing in this industry that with the education comes greater perspective and, and that some things have been available to us this entire time, yet we just didn't know enough about how to um, take advantage of them. Like I, right. I, I kind of say it tongue in cheek, right? The whole, the website provider thing, for example, everybody's like, oh, well, website didn't work. Let's switch providers. It's this, this zero sum game we've caught ourselves in when realizing that the most successful marketers out there are applying something called conversion rate optimization, which is more about evolutionary design re- versus revolutionary. Design. Oh, things aren't working. Switch it. Right. It's kind of like you can't apply that concept to anywhere else in your life. It's like, oh, kids aren't good at math, but better go drop them off at the fire station and get new kids. <laughs> Yeah, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> right. It's so ridiculous. Right. Um, but but we, but to your point, I love in my house every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, does it, hey, does hey, honey, does the fire station still still have their program or? Uh... <laughs> but well, but let's be honest though. You you are multiplying and replenishing that 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 seven and a half billion, the half billion there. I think is going to stem. <laughs> from from the the lundy house like, uh, so how many kids you have like 14 my thought process is like <laughs> ten thousand years from now or something they're going to look back and say that like 98 percent of the population stemmed from the one tribe back ten thousand years ago and it was the lundies you know that's what they are, man. They're gonna they're gonna have these flags, these rise and grind flags. They're gonna be like, where, what, mama, where these things come from? They're gonna be like, great, 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 great grandfather Lundy. He he stood on a hill one day, and now we are the we everybody in the United States and Canada and Mexico stem from the Lundy line. It's like it all start with started with uh, nine of you, oh, nine, all nine of you. I love it. Dude, that's hilarious. But you know what? You you said something too that I love, right? About mindset, which is like I love that there's always a positive to to something. Like you could look at your most negative circumstances and and realize that there's actually still something positive about it. Like I saw, I can't remember his name, but the, he's that athlete. He's run like five or ten or a zillion different Ironmans, and he actually had his legs blown off in battle. So he has these metallic, like prosthetic legs. And I saw a post. Somebody posted, I can't remember who, but they posted an image, an image quote of him. And, and it basically said something to the effect of, man, how come, how come you're, how can you be so positive with both your legs missing? And his response is, well, how can you be so negative when you still have both your legs? Like, I I love that shift in paradigm. Like, you know, people go, I, I even said it, I can't, I was talking to somebody, I had this challenge in my car, I think the thermostat blue and and uh my car wasn't heating up and all this sort of thing and i mean i'm in edmonton right ice palace of the world essentially so it's i don't know what it is in fahrenheit but it's like minus 25 degrees celsius i think that's like minus seven or minus four or something like that but it's cold yeah it's cold it's like throw a cup of coffee up in the air and it freezes in the air and snows down on you anyways um i said man my car doesn't heat up I was like, man, my car doesn't heat up. And they went, oh, you have a car? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, interesting. And and we do that. Let me ask you this. You had mentioned dog eat dog. Do you, do you, why, why, why are things that way? Is it that we're too competitive or is it that we compare ourselves too much to others? It, or neither. In the auto industry, it's because it used to be dog eat dog. 
it literally used to be, you know, when I worked at uh, a Nissan Subaru store in Flagstaff, Arizona, we had, mm-hmm. you know, 28,000 people in the market and we had like 14 dealerships or something like that, maybe more. Uh, and then we had the big city of Phoenix, Arizona, which was about an hour and 20 minutes down the road. And the perception was if you went to Phoenix, you could get a better deal because they were the big mm-hmm. city and we were small town. And people believed that those dealerships got bought cars for cheaper because they had more. Right. And so right. back then it was literally dog eat dog because I couldn't get my message out without spending millions of dollars. I couldn't get my message out past about, you know, Camp Birdie, which is about 45 miles south of Flagstaff. That was about as far as I could right. get my, my message out on the radio uh, and and TV, you know, and a, little, and a little bit of print, you know. And so back then it was dog eat dog. If, so, if, if the guy down the street sold my customer a car, that hurt. That was that was a customer right. loss, you know. And right. so I think what we're dealing with now is we do still have a lot of family owned and operated dealerships right because the the automotive industry has always been it's always been very lucrative so there hasn't been a whole lot of reasons for owners to hand the dealership off to somebody else right they usually if there are any kids they usually sell it to their kids keep it in the family so i Mm -hmm. think we have a lot right now currently i think we have a lot of um, especially like third generation you know uh, I think we have a lot of third generation owners across the industry right now that learned everything from their dad and their dad lived in and, and worked and had success in a dog eat dog society. And so I think that's where it comes from is I think it's just deeply rooted into our industry because our industry was so location you know, I remember people used to pay 10 times for a dealership that was that was next to a freeway. They would pay 10 times more than one that was just two miles off the freeway because location was so important for people to be able to right. see your cars as they were driving by like that. Mattered. All those eyeballs, you know, that mattered yeah. back then. And so, yeah, it was cutthroat, man. Back then, I didn't want anybody to know any of my strategies. I didn't want anybody to know anything that we were doing. <laughs> I wasn't trying to help anybody. I didn't want to help anybody because that was taking food off of my family's table every time I did. And nowadays, right. that's just not the case anymore. Uh, and it's just a matter of of time before people are people start, and they're already starting to realize it. But it's just a matter of time before this industry kind of goes away from that dog eat dog mentality and starts to understand that we can literally rise by lifting others. You know, there's no, there's no shortage. That's for sure. Do you think, I I think a lot of people wonder how does that actually look? Like I love the, the late Zig Ziglar quote, right? Help as many others achieve success and you'll be successful. And like what you just said, you'll find success by elevating others. Do you think, there's got to be some that are, that are hesitant to serve and to help because they just can't wrap their head around the physiology of how that works. Like, how does that work? What do you mean by going out of my way to help somebody else? I will be successful. Do you think people struggle with that? I think they do. Uh, and I can understand why. I, I definitely understand that. I, I think what a lot of people are missing is they don't understand that your, your, your net worth is going to be 
100% in line with your value to the marketplace. Mm. So if you are only valuing yourself in your dealership, right? Like your business, you're only adding value into your people, your, your small, uh, or maybe even speak, but if, but if you're only adding value in a small area, then your net worth is going to, to represent that. And don't get me wrong. You could still be, you know, you could still be a millionaire. Don't, don't be wrong. You know, I know, I know dealership owners that they do their thing and they, they hold down the fort and they make, they make millions of dollars. That's okay. But if you really want to hit higher levels, which that's where my brain goes and that's where the Grant Cardone's go and the Gary V's and, and, uh, you, you know, the, the Dan, Dan Cummins organization actually, uh, but, you know, if you really want to start hitting some higher, higher, higher levels net worth wise, then you have to add more value, which means you have to increase the market that you add value into. Seven mm. cents. And, and yeah, so it's it's thinking bigger. It's it's think as big as you can think and then think bigger beyond that. Yeah, yeah, because you just never know, man. If I add value, you know, I'll, I'll go, let's say I'm a, I'm a dealership owner or. Um, just to use that as an example, I'm a dealership owner and I go out and I do some mastermind sessions or I do some 20 groups or, or, uh, you know, whatever I'm adding value. And then some guy that I helped out along the way comes through and says, Hey, uh, I'm getting ready to buy, you know, four more stores over here in this market. I want you to partner with me. Like all of those relationships stem from value. People only want to go into business with other people that add value to them. Same thing with when it comes to actually selling cars, like increasing your volume. If people on, if customers see that you are adding value, not just into your little plot of land, right? You're not just hoarding all the gold in your little mountain, but you're adding value to your community. You're spreading out and adding value to your city. Maybe you're adding value to your state. They see that you're adding value to an industry that matters to them. Mm -hmm. That's important. When they see that you're adding value, they want to do business with you. And that yeah, it, people people do business with those they like and trust. Absolutely, man. And then it just continues to grow exponentially. You know, the more you can reach out and add value into people's lives, the more you grow. Yeah, I think it makes so much sense. I mean, I, I think of even what's happened with with the podcast. People go, Well, how 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 did you go from small town? British Columbia, Canada to speaking in Europe and speaking in across Canada and the United States and Australia, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And, and it's really what you just said. And, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is to not toot my horn, but to just show in a very real way, exactly what you just said is so true, right? It's well, I put my all into prep preparing and delivering a presentation or a seminar or a workshop. And then there was somebody in that workshop that say was from Europe. And they were like, oh man, I re that really resonated with me. I need to, I need to bring this individual here and he needs to talk to my group. And then guess what? There's somebody there that is from Australia and they go, you know, we, we'd love to have you come and share that message here. Well, in a very similar way, I think, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but let's, let's isolate it down to a dealership. Mm -hmm. If you're doing, Contextually, um, what I'm hearing you say is if you're doing contextually this exact same thing, that that you're providing so much value to Mrs. Smith, who is about to buy that RAV4 
or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you're selling. But the Chevy, the Chevy Cruze, right? right? right. She's about to buy this thing and you've given her so much value. Well, guess what's going to happen? She's going to be like, man, this was such an enjoyable experience. She's going to go and enjoy telling the story about you and the experience to her circle. And somebody's going to hear that message and they're going to be like, man, I need to go and meet with this individual at Dan Cummins or insert dealership name. And it just, there's this spill off effect. And then you realize that you've actually celebritized yourself in the community, not by virtue of wanting to become a celebrity in your community, but by virtue of you provided so much value that people could not deny you. That's it, man. That's it. And there's nothing wrong with becoming a celebrity in your community. I can tell you that. I mean, think about it like, uh, uh, an, an Instagram celebrity right now. Let's just use an example. An Instagram influencer who's really done nothing other than get popular on Instagram. They charge like five grand to post one time on their page and people pay it. So if you're a local celebrity, if you're the hometown hero, guess what? People will pay you. They will buy your product. They'll pay more for yeah. your product. They really will. If you continue to add value in other areas besides just in your four walls. Yeah. Cause going full circle back to what you said, net, your net worth is a hundred percent in line with the value you present to the marketplace. That's it. That's a fact, dude. Right? I, honestly, I, I, I know, I know you are a busy dude, but I, I want to like now hop on a plane, fly to where you are, sit in a room and just continue this conversation for the next, uh, I don't know how much time we got. Six hours, yeah. <laughs> six more hours. Yeah. Um, man, I, I have loved this. Thank you so much for for joining me on the DPB. For those that are listening, which I can guarantee are also watching your stuff and probably more so watching your stuff than listening. But how can those listening get in touch with you? Um, GlennLundy.com. That's G-L-E-N-N, two wins because I'm twice as nice. That's what I tell everybody. So I remember. <laughs> uh, but GlennLundy.com is the easiest way. From there, there's links to... Um, my, my Facebook page, you know, at official Glenn Lundy, my Instagram, my Rise and Grind group. Please come join the Rise and Grind group on Facebook. Just search for hashtag Rise and Grind and you can join an incredible group of like-minded individuals that are all lifting each other up. It's been in a, uh, quite a journey with, with that thing. We've got uh, close to 30,000 active members now in that group. So come join us there. But ultimately, there's links to all that stuff at glennlundy.com. And man, it's an honor to be on here with you. And I'm with you. I could have these conversations all night long. So if you feel like flying down, I'm in Lufkin, Texas in a hotel room by myself <laughs> for, um, you know, tomorrow I'll be on site helping those guys out. And then Thursday, I don't fly out till 7 p.m. So I'm here all in a hotel room for like 12 hours by myself Thursday as well. So feel free to Oh, oh man, man, we could chat for hours. That, that that's a lot of water, bottled water. I have one in <laughs> my hand thing. right now, bro. It's a lot of bottled <laughs> water. And you know what? It's interesting. Uh, I know we got to get off of here. I did something I've never done before. Uh, on the plane on the way here, I did. You're never gonna. You you couldn't guess. If I gave you a hundred guesses, you could not guess what I did on the plane on the way over here. I did absolutely nothing for two hours on a plane. I looked out the window. Wow. First time ever. Wow. I didn't whip out my laptop. I didn't read. I didn't write. I looked at the window, out the window. I stared at clouds and looked at all the different land things going by. And I laughed about people in their flat earth theories and all, 
<laughs> and I reflected on my life and the, the things I'm thankful for. And I, I, I dreamt and had some, you know, some, some visions of what I want my future to look like. And, and it was just, I just unplugged for two hours, man. And I, I, I never, ever, ever do that. And it was powerful. And it was, it was just, it was just great, man. It was just great. And so those of you that are watching, yes, I'm the rise and grind guy and I put it in, but man, if you get a chance, like I'm going to take this time in this hotel since I have extra time. Um, I'm not just going to lay on the bed and do nothing because that's not me, but I'm definitely going to take the time to take a breath because we don't get these opportunities often. Mike, you know, we, we stay busy, you know, we don't get a whole lot of opportunities to just take a breath. So if you get an opportunity, bro, to look out the window and just check out the clouds and the land below, take advantage of it. We're in a rat race, bro, That's it. but there's just so much beauty around us, man. So much beauty. So take the time.